You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't speak about Jesus. You're unable to witness about Him without the power of the Holy Spirit. You won't be able to speak about His Word boldly. Without the power of Jesus Christ, without the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be victorious over those bad attitudes and those sins that so easily beset you. You're not going to be victorious over those. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to worry about others. You're not going to be other-centered. You're going to be self-centered. You're going to look into yourself and it's all about me, 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 me. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can become self-centered. This isn't the correct way to connect to others. If all you do is talk about yourself, the other person will feel like you don't care about them. As Pastor Dave points out in today's study, by connecting to the Holy Spirit, you can become other-centered. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 16 as he continues his message, Who is the Holy Spirit? You are reveals things to us. He teaches us. He comforts us. He guides us. He inspires us. He forbids us to go places. He convicts us and he reproves us. What can we do? Well, in turn, we can love the Spirit and we can obey the Spirit and submit to the Spirit. But sadly, we can also grieve the Spirit. We can quench the Spirit. We can resist the Spirit. We can sin against the Spirit, and we can blaspheme the Holy Spirit. When did the Holy Spirit evolve? Want to use that word? Where did the Holy Spirit come from? Holy Spirit was with God in the beginning. I can prove that. Go back to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. Go back to the very first book in Genesis. Verse 1, chapter 1. Verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Right there. Holy Spirit was with God in the beginning. And there's two things I want you to know here. First of all, I like to tell people that if you cannot get by the first four verses in that verse, you need to put the Bible down until you get by them. Until you can reconcile this verse. In the beginning, God. If you have a hard time with that, you need to put the Bible away. Until you can reconcile the fact that God was foreknowledge, that God was before everything, he was preeminent, and he's before all things. But here we see the Spirit with them. The Spirit is right here with God at creation. We also know that Jesus was there. How do we know that? The Word of God tells us. We studied it. John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was with God from the beginning. Verse 12. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Of course, he's talking about Jesus Christ. So we see the Trinity at work from the very beginning. From the very beginning of the Bible, they're there. They're working. 
We also know from Scripture, specifically 2 Timothy 3.16, that the Holy Spirit inspired men to pen these pages. The Holy Spirit inspired men to pen these pages. So we know that's what it is. And you know what's cool? Because in the, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people, anointing them and empowering them to accomplish specific purposes. In Exodus 31, it says that the Spirit came upon these craftsmen and gave them the ability to make all the necessary things for the tabernacle. The Spirit did that. He came upon them and gave them wisdom on how to make all these things. And what is the tabernacle precursor of? Temple. Tabernacle is a precursor of the temple. The temple is a precursor of heaven. It's all related. So we see the Holy Spirit at work here. And we know from Scripture, from studying Joshua, from studying all the other books of the Bible, that the Holy Spirit came upon Joshua. The Holy Spirit came upon various judges. The Holy Spirit came upon Saul. Holy Spirit came upon David, etc., etc. But the Spirit was not abiding with them always. God would send His Spirit, but as we saw in Saul, he could be taken away too. Remember when we studied Samuel? The Holy Spirit took, uh, God took the Holy Spirit away from Saul. What was David's prayer after he sinned with Bathsheba? Psalm 51, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Don't take him away, Lord. So David knew that the Holy Spirit could be withdrawn. The Holy Spirit could be withdrawn. But as we study John 14, and as we study John 14, 16, and 17, let me read those. And I will pray, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Something different now is happening to the disciples. There's a new way to relate to God. There's a new way to relate here. The Holy Spirit is coming. So those people who accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, the Holy Spirit is now abiding in each of you. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, it says. And I love in verse 16 of chapter 14 when it says, He may be abiding you forever. It doesn't come and go. You have the Holy Spirit abiding in you if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Holy Spirit comes abide in you. And it's a new relationship we see. Those who believe and accept Jesus Christ into their life are immediately indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in us and dwells in us. We're given a new nature. We become born again by the Spirit, it says. The Holy Spirit within our heart begins to bear witness to the fact that our lives are now His. We belong to Him. But we must acknowledge His presence by yielding to Him, by yielding our will to His in order to realize the full potential of what God desires to do and through us. We've spoken in the past about those three experiences, the with us, the para, the in us, the end, and the upon us, the api. The Holy Spirit is with us, para, and when we believe in salvation, he comes into us. And then when we ask to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he comes upon us, the AP, with power, dunamis power, Acts 1.8. And as I've stated, the Holy Spirit is the agent through whom God works today. He works within the church, and he works in each of us individually. But sadly, 
Many Christians do not ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. This is why many good Christians who are possessing eternal life have absolutely no power to live for Christ. They're helpless. They're powerless because they're not asking God for the power. The Lord wants us to ask for and receive everything the Holy Spirit has for you. And yet, because either of some weird understanding or because our understanding is darkened or because our hands are filled with the goodies of the world, we don't ask. We don't seek the Holy Spirit. I love what someone once said, quote, it is as if the Lord wants to give you a filet mignon dinner and you choose dog food. And I've always said with all my heart, if the Lord wants you to have it, why wouldn't you want it? Well, he's going to make me run around the room naked. No, I don't think he's going to do that. That is not consistent with the word of God. That is not consistent with the word of God. The Holy Spirit will not make you do anything that's not consistent with the word of God. And plus, guess what? You have control. It says we have control over the Spirit. He's not going to tell me to do something bizarre like that, although I'm going to get to a point where it seemed bizarre. Remember, the Holy Spirit is going to be a witness of Jesus Christ to us. He's going to testify of Jesus to us. It's our responsibility to ask. Look what the early church did. I love this verse, and I turn with me to Acts 4. I love this. I, I just I get a kick. I get a kick out of the book of Acts, period. I love reading through the book of Acts. It's so cool. It's so exciting. I read through the book of Acts as often as I can because it's like an energizing to me. It's like incredible. It's like so exciting. In chapter 4, Peter and John have been arrested because they healed the lame man at the gate, beautiful, going into the temple. They've been arrested and they've come before the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrins don't teach in that name. What's wrong with you? You can't teach in that name. You can't do this. And, and Peter's been coming back at them. But they keep threatening him and they keep telling them that things are going to go bad for them if they continue to do this. So they rough him up a little bit and they send him on their way. And listen to what it says. I'm going to read beginning in verse 23 of chapter 4. And being let go, they, Peter and John, went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they, all of everybody, heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, who made the heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your service with all boldness that we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And look what happened. And when they had prayed, the place they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? They spoke the word of God with boldness. I love that. Man, I love that. I, Lord, would that you do that right now? Would you just shake this place? Wouldn't that be wonderful? It would be wonderful. Can you imagine on a Sunday night when we're all sitting around praying and the whole place starts to shake and it's not an earthquake? Or a Cat 5 hurricane? Wouldn't it be wonderful? 
And it would be great. Listen what happened to them. They had boldness. They had boldness to speak the word. They had just been told, don't you dare speak in the name of Jesus. Oh, we won't. No, we won't. They couldn't contain themselves. They, they couldn't keep quiet. And this is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You can't keep quiet. You have to speak of the gospel. When the Holy Spirit leads you, you have to speak to the gospel. And I told this story last service. I'm going to tell it again today, probably in a different format here. But my favorite story is this guy driving along the road who was just loving the Lord, worshiping the Lord, wanting to serve the Lord. And all of a sudden he hears in his heart, stop and stick your head in a mailbox. <laughs> what? No, stop and stick your head in the mailbox. No, he said, stop and stick your head in the mailbox and tell him Jesus loves you. And he fought it, and he kept on driving and driving and driving, and he kept on fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. But it was so strong and so hard that finally he stopped the car. And he got out and said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And he found this mailbox, opened it up, stuck his head there and yelled, Jesus loves you. Shut it down and ran back to his car as fast as he could, got in and closed the door, and as he started to drive away, this guy started coming out. And he said, oh, no. Here we go. This guy comes running out. This guy comes running out of him, and he's dripping wet. And he comes running out to the guy, and he bangs on the window. The guy rolls it down and says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He says, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. I was in the shower. I had a rope over the shower thing. I was going to hang myself. I was going to kill myself. And all I heard was, Jesus loves me. Can you tell me about this Jesus? You know, without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't speak about Jesus. You're unable to witness about him without the power of the Holy Spirit. You won't be able to speak about his word boldly. Without the power of Jesus Christ, without the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be victorious over those bad attitudes and those sins that so easily beset you. You're not going to be victorious over those. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to worry about others. You're not going to be other-centered. You're going to be self-centered. You're going to look into yourself and it's all about me, 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 me. Now that I've talked about me, what do you think of me? You're going to be others-centered. You're going to be others-centered. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you won't be able to admit your shortcomings. You won't be able to admit your failures or your sins. You'll never be able to forgive anybody, nor will you be able to ask for forgiveness. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot understand or obey the Word of God. Or even pray for those in need. Forget about loving people, especially those who are unlovable, which is none of you, by the way. You can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. It will not happen. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you will always criticize. You will never encourage. You'll never take responsibility for your own actions without the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will not be able to follow him where he leads you like this guy driving down the road one day and in his heart he hears, stick your head in the mailbox and yell, Jesus love me. Now granted, that's bizarre. But when he followed the Lord's command, as weird as it was, he did not have to follow the Lord's command. Trust me here. He did not have to follow that. That would have not affected his salvation. But he chose to follow it, as bizarre as it was. Not only did he keep a man from killing himself, but he led the man to Jesus Christ as well. Finally, Without the Holy Spirit, you'll never be able to demonstrate those beautiful and precious spiritual gifts. Nor will you be able to bear fruit that God wants you to bear. But by the power of the Holy Spirit. So are you in the habit of asking the Holy Spirit 
yield to the Holy Spirit? Are you in the habit of making yourself available for His purposes? Are you in a position to be used by God at any time? Someone said once, quote, it's not how much of God that I have, but it's how much of God that God has of me. How much does God have of you today? Have you given Him just enough? Oh, you can have this part, Lord, but you can't have this part. Or have given you all of Him. Is your prayer every morning, God, use me. Fill me afresh and use me the way you see fit. Help me to accomplish what you want. I got another story. Over 100 years ago, two men were walking and talking in Ireland over 100 years ago. One of them said, the world is yet to see what God will do with a man who is fully consecrated to him. The other man meditated on that for several weeks. It was such a powerful statement that one day it gripped him to the point where he cried out, by the Holy Spirit in me, I'll be that man. The man went on to touch hearts in two continents, America and Britain. Thousands upon thousands came to know the Lord through his preaching. His name, D.L. Moody. Where are you today? What are you asking the Lord for? Are you looking for the power to lay down that sin that ensnares you? Are you looking for the power to live the Christian white life the way God wants you to live? Are you fully consecrated to him? That same man, D.L. Moody, said this, quote, It lies within each man himself whether he or will not make the entire and full consecration to the Lord. Although he was just one man, look at what the Lord did with his word when he obeyed. Can you imagine what it would be like if we all did that? Can you imagine what it would be like if this entire room did that today? Can you imagine what would happen when we left here? Well, first of all, we wouldn't be walking. We'd, we'd be floating out. We would be, we would be so incredibly on cloud nine. We'd start knocking on doors. Do you know Christ? Do you know Jesus? What would it be like if a third of us did that? Imagine what your life would look like if you took the Lord at his word. Last week we talked about the example when Jesus says about the father and the son giving good gifts in Luke 11. He says, how much more, your father being good, would he give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? How much more? You know, the Apostle Paul understood these things. The Apostle Paul understood these things. He knew firsthand what happens when you give your life totally to the Lord, when you allow the Holy Spirit to have total access to your life, he knew what happened. He knew if you allowed the Holy Spirit to empower you and to guide you. He knew that things would change and that people would change. He knew that the way to get social issues changed is by having people believe in Jesus Christ. You want to change abortion? Get people to believe in Jesus Christ. You want to stop shootings in Texas or all over the world? Get people to believe in Jesus Christ. You want to change any other situation, any other social issue? Get people to believe in Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen by legislation. It's not going to be happening by rules and regulations. It's not going to happen that way. You can pass all the rules you want, and there will always be abortion. You can pass all the rules you want, there always will be killings. It says so all the way back in the Bible. But you want to change social issues? Get people to believe in Jesus Christ. Well, how can you say that, Dave? Well, it's scriptural. Look at the Ephesian church. Look at the Ephesian church. There was a riot in Ephesus. You know why? Because the people who made the little um, 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 idols of Diana could no longer sell them because the whole, the whole uh, place was turning Christians and they wouldn't buy them. 
So they rioted. You want to change social issues? Get the Holy Spirit to work for you. That'll change the social issues. Paul, when he realized this, listen to how he prays for the Ephesian church. And this is my prayer for you today. This is my prayer for you today. Listen to how he prays. In chapter 3, verses 14 to 19 in Ephesians. Paul prays this way. He says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, whom from the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and depth, and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Notice what his prayer was. Through the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, these things would happen for you. And this is my prayer for you today. This is my prayer for you today. And maybe this is lacking in your life. And there's no pressure here, but I'm just telling you, wouldn't you want what God wants for you? Maybe this is lacking in your life. And what a better way than to go into communion. So are you connected to the power source? Are you connected to the power source of the Holy Spirit? Is he ruling your life? Are you listening to him? Are you following him? Are you, are you, are you moving forward in him? I got one more moody quote, and I love it. Quote, you might as well try to hear without ears, breathe without lungs, as to try to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit within you. As a pastor, I am grieved by the number of people I see who are still caught up in the bondage of trying to live the Christian life in their own strength, and I watch them fail miserably every single day. Good people. Good people. Christians who are trying to serve the Lord in their own power, in their own strength. And sadly, what happens is these good people, these Christians, give up, and they stop trying And they settle for a life of compromise and backsliding. It happens all the time. Instead of giving themselves totally to God through the Holy Spirit, allowing God to have full access and full power over their lives, my life is no longer mine, for I have been bought with a price. And the price was the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. I've been bought with that price. My life doesn't belong to me. How dare I try to take it back? When I try to take it back, I'm telling Christ, That's not good enough. That's exactly what I'm saying. I need to relinquish it to him and say, Lord, not my will, but your will. Fill me afresh with your spirit. Be being filled. Fill me afresh every day. Help me to move forward in your love and your spirit. I only want to be by your spirit. Maybe you're having some trouble doing that. Maybe you're having some trouble living that Christian life because you haven't connected to the power source. You haven't connected to the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that you could ever dream or ask. You are a sure the book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. 
Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.